The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. Six o'clock Wednesday night. That can only mean one thing. What's that? You're here. I'm here. That means Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio is ready to dive right in. It's a new week. Last week is done. We are over it, I hope. Pete Sweeney, chief editor, Arrowhead Pride, the number one source of Chiefs information all across the internet. The only one I look at. That's good. How you feeling? You know, I'm feeling okay. Okay. And I think everyone should feel okay by now. I I think if this loss had come and the records had been the same and this was at the end of the year and you didn't have so much time and so many things to have happen where you can maybe make it up mm-hmm. and crawl back into what would be the AFC by race, I think it would be a little bit more grim with Buffalo staring you in the face. But there's, what, 11 weeks left here. So I think it's it's possible for them to, to turn this back around and go on a nice win streak and – you know, at some point, you you look at the AFC East, and as it turned out, <laughs> the best division in football history, the AFC West, is far from that. So the Chiefs have an easier division schedule, whereas the AFC East, which is what the Bills have to play, has New England, who's playing some pretty good ball at this point. The Jets' defense looks pretty good, and they've already lost one game to the Miami Dolphins, and if two is back for that second match, who knows how that goes. So I... I think there's a number of tough games on the Bills' schedule. The Chiefs have a, a tough schedule as well, but there's just so much time. So if the Chiefs can right the ship here, maybe they're, they'll be able to, to get that home field advantage anyway. I kind of had a show topic, I guess. It was more so of like a appreciation. Did you feel the fan base was mature about this loss? Because a lot of friends and family always reach out or people that you probably know that are Chiefs fans. Like, How are you feeling? What do you feel? I felt like everybody was kind of like, eh. Tough loss, it sucks, but they were still more mad about the Colts' loss than the Bills' loss because of record implications. Yeah, I think whenever the Chiefs lose, in general, there is a little bit of extreme panic mode that that sets in. And, you know, at that point, you got to remind people, (laughs) they have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and usually the defense comes around. And three wins in a row later, and everyone's on, on... you know, they're feeling the glory and they're riding high again. And this particular win, it, it didn't really feel like the fan base between mentions and comments and the things we do get at arrowheadpride.com. It didn't feel like everyone was jumping off ship or panicking. I, I think 
the fans realize that the Chiefs are a good team and sometimes good teams lose to other good teams. And I think there was maybe more respect for the Bills now that they've proven it for a couple of years in a row that, you know, they're on right on the same plane. And I think fans appreciate the Chiefs messaging in the locker room after game, after the game, which was largely, look, we're going to see these guys again. We're not, we're not happy, but we're going to see them again. And the scenario played out last year where the Bills were able to get the regular season game and then you saw them in the playoffs and we know what happened then. So a lot of time to, to make sure this thing happens in Kansas City. You're going to need a little help now because you got to have a better outright record. But I, I think the Chiefs are looking forward to the San Fran game and 5-2 and two heading into the bye week isn't so bad. So today there was a popular name as well as yesterday, not Travis Kelsey, but it kind of started with Travis Kelsey, the mm-hmm. re- Restructure of the contract, we'll get your take on that as well, which I know you were on the drive day with Carrington Harrison. So, yeah. um, But yesterday, Travis Kelsey's contract gets restructured. He doesn't even say a word, and all of a sudden, the entire world's like, okay, this must mean Odell Beckham's coming to Kansas City. Right. New Heights podcast with his brother. It's really, really fun. It's funny. It's enjoyable. I enjoy it. I've been on it for a while now just because of the, the connection they, they have. This was said on the podcast day. We'll get your reaction on the other side of it. All right, we got some news out today. You had a little contract negotiated. Yes, I did. Can you put us in behind the scenes with that a little bit? What happened? I'm not sure yet. It's a start to a move, right? You think so? You're freeing up cap space to be able to do something. Yeah, my agent just hit me up and said that they want to free up some cap space. So I was like, I get the money now. All right. Why not? Seems like a no-brainer. And it frees up cap space for us to get better as a team. So you cannot verify or debunk the rumors out there surrounding OBJ? Odell Beckham Jr.? That's the OBJ I'm referring to. I want them to come true. I have not heard anything in the locker room or anything around the facility. All right, playing a little coy with it. I get it. Something's in the air for sure. And if it means OBJ... Well, we can neither confirm nor deny, but we will speculate. And um, look forward to seeing OBJ in the Chiefs uniform. <laughs> Floor's yours. Yeah, I think this is a move that helps give the Chiefs space to make m- m- any move. It doesn't necessarily have to be OBJ. I, I know that everyone is thinking that it, it could be. We don't know a lot of things about OBJ. We don't know what he's looking for. We don't know how much money he's looking for. We don't many, know how many years he's looking for. I know the Chiefs are really smart about getting into situations like this contract-wise to not handcuff themselves for the future. I think this is a team that wants to be active in next year's free agency, and so this isn't something where you would want to put something on the books to prevent that. I I think that's the long-term plan. I think the big thing for me, and I said this on, on the drive, is I think it's more important that he doesn't end up in Buffalo than he ends up in Kansas City. I don't know if the Chiefs need Odell Beckham Jr. and a version of Odell Beckham Jr. where we don't even know what we're getting, where he's torn his ACL now two years in a row. You don't even know what you're getting. Now, in Kansas City, I think he would be signed and brought here to be a number two or a number three behind Travis Kelsey and probably a number two pass catcher. And I just don't know if he's capable of that. We just don't know how people are going to respond to injuries. We don't know when he's going to be 100% ready. Whereas if I, I think if he goes to Buffalo... Very clearly, he would be the third guy behind what is Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and an upgrade over Isaiah McKenzie. And to me, that would make them even scarier than they are now and would help them continue to have a better record than the Chiefs and at least a tied record of the Chiefs because it's all they need now that they got the head-to-head tiebreaker. And so 
The Von Miller stuff scares me <laughs> more than the Travis Kelsey stuff gets me excited. The Miller saying it's a done deal, he's coming to Buffalo. Um, then Travis Kelsey being like, OBJ is here. Now, I really thought the Chiefs should have added him last year. I've said this before. I think OBJ going to the Rams instead of the Chiefs, that tipped the Super Bowl to them instead of it, another one in Kansas City. He played well. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl before he suffered that injury. I don't know if he's making that difference this year, but I just I think it's imperative that he does not end up a Buffalo Bill because I just think that scenario is nightmare fuel for what would be the Chiefs' chances in their dreams of going back to the Super Bowl this year. Number one offense in the NFL, why make this move? Just to make it that much better so that good defenses are debunked? I just, that's where I, I mean, not to be pun, right. like a pun or be punny, but like, yeah. you don't want to mess with the Juju, right? Like, no. you've got the number one offense. Juju just had his breakout game, and I don't think we've seen even close to the ceiling of what perhaps McColl could be or even Sky Moore. And a lot of people were, have been like, Maybe Sky Moore is one of the better receivers on this team, and he's still developing. And who knows what he could be by the end of the year when he gets 17 games under his belt for what he could mean in in the postseason working with Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. So I don't know if it's a move the Chiefs have to make. And when it comes to this money, I don't think it it is a direct reflection of we need to free money because we want Odell Beckham Jr. No, I think it's we wanted to free up money because they were right up against the cap. So if anything comes along, maybe there's a trade with Carolina that could be a possibility. Maybe it's a trade elsewhere. Maybe there's a signing later in the year that we're not thinking of, like a Melvin Ingram or a Terrell Suggs. I know they traded for Melvin Ingram, but a signing like a Terrell Suggs or MV Pinnell, which we made Ooh. famous here on 610 Sports Radio when the Chiefs turned it around and turned into a championship defense. So I think it's just providing flexibility when there was close to none. And we'll see what the Chiefs end up up doing with doing with it. I do think they'll be involved in OBJ, but I just don't think this Travis Kelsey thing means it's a given that he ends up here. It's week seven, so injuries start to pile up. They tend to be a little bit more severe than most. Anything new out of Chiefs camp today? I know that McDuffie's supposed to be back. Willie Gay's off the suspension. You were out there today. What'd you see? What can you tell uh, as of a Wednesday? I know we still have two more days of practice, but where do the Chiefs stand so far on this injury report? Yeah, the the weird thing I, th- I thought about today's media stuff is that Andy Reid was a little tentative on saying that Willie Gay would definitely be back this week and Trent McDuffie would definitely be back this week. Both players were out there practicing today. This was the fourth practice since McDuffie's been back, the first practice on field that Willie Gay's been back since suspension. I mean, I, I feel like I'm at 90% on both of these guys playing, especially Gay. I'm probably at 99 on Gay. I just think Andy Reid wants to make sure he's in game shape and good to go, but I, I can't see him not staying in shape even while he was away for the team for the two weeks and he was able to be back for the two weeks. And then Trent McDuffie, I think there is a a thought process. Could you wait an extra week and then you get two weeks because of the bye week? But if he's ready, he's ready, right? Why why wait? We have seen the Chiefs do this with Mahomes before where there was a bye week coming up. If you remember when he had his injury, there was a bye week coming up and the thought process was, well, you know, maybe the Chiefs wait another week to give, make sure Mahomes is okay. And they, they played him. They played him when he was ready, and it was before the bye. And so I, I think they do the same thing with McDuffie. Good to see Brian Cook back in the mix. He had the concussion protocol. They gave rest days to what was Joe Tooney, which I, I think was uh, important, and then Mike Dana, both rest days. It seemed like the Chiefs were optimistic. I, I think they're looking at another game without Rashad Fenton, which makes McDuffie's return even more important when you need to bounce back against the 49ers. Like, if you had beaten the Bills – Maybe you could afford to slip up against an NFC team, but now the record period is just so important. you got to win every week, put the pressure on Buffalo and see what they can do. 
And so you got to get this game against the 49ers and feel good about yourself, 5-2 and two going into the bye. Last week, 49ers lose, but it's partially because they had a lot of guys out. Their defense is phenomenal. I think I heard Mitch Holtis say you're going from the number one defense to the number two defense. Yeah. Some guys that, according to Kyle Shanahan, what they had today, Nick Bosa limited, Trent Williams limited, Mooney Ward did not practice, uh, McGlinchey did not practice, Eric Armstead did not practice, and Jimmy Ward, their free safety, limited with a hand injury. Anything stick out, obviously, other than Bosa that, you know, doesn't, that, well, that is limited or didn't practice? Well, you know, you feel for Trivarius Ward a little bit, right? I mean, you'd want him to play in this game against his, his former team. I'm sure he was hoping to play, and he had to leave last game early, so I'm not sure he's going to go. But the big one, you know, aside from an old friend in, in Ward to me is is Bosa. If Bosa plays, it's just such a different team and a much scarier team. And if Bosa can't go or they give him another week, that's going to be just a, a colossal break for the Chiefs. That was something I asked Patrick Mahomes uh, about today. It simply said to him, you know, how important is it to know where Bosa is? And he kind of sheepishly said, very important, because this guy can absolutely wreck a game. And so to me, he if you're looking at an injury on the other side, I know that they were, what, missing seven starters last game against the Falcons, but Bosa's the one to watch. If he if he doesn't play, I can almost guarantee a Chiefs win. If he does play, there's a scenario in which they could lose. Coming up next, lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride, Ron Cobb Jr. You just heard the head chief editor at Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Dusty Likens with you here as well on 610 Sports Radio. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio. Ron Cobb next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back in, Aaron Pride Radio Show, Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney, Grant Nicholson, all with you tonight up until 7 o'clock. Don't forget, get on the Twitter sphere. We'll get some questions for you to have Pete answer. Right now, we have questions for Arrowhead Pride's lead analyst, Ron Cop Jr. Ron, it's another Wednesday, so you get me and Pete once again. How is your week going thus far? going great it's it was it was a fun day at Arrowhead on Sunday even though they lost honestly it was just a good game to be at just a you know beautiful football weather so I, I can't complain man I'm, I'm, I'm doing good how about you guys I'm doing well uh your boss a little shaky a little nervous midweek shenanigans going on he's he's doing all right but uh I can't speak for him so I'll let him answer for himself but Ron I am fantastic I'm doing great can't complain well, that's good. No, I, I don't. I don't know what you're referring to with the boss man. So I'm a little. I'm a little worried now. Is, is something yeah. Pete in trouble? Now is we, this like a, is a message for for help or something? No, no. Now we have to explain what happened uh, because Dusty <laughs> Dusty pulled the curtain back without pulling the curtain back. I came in and I tried to pull the mic down here on the other side of Dusty, and some screw just popped out, and now this thing is is swinging back and forth. But I'm. <laughs> I'm making, I'm making the most of it. Hopefully, Josh Klingler, who sits in his chair, is not, be fine. not too upset with me tomorrow morning. Okay, Ron, I want to talk about this Bills game, and you've, you've been diving into the film of this thing. And as you have reviewed, uh, wh- what have you seen so far? What do you think is the number one reason for the Chiefs losing this football game? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people agree um, when you look at the game is, is that the offense just didn't do enough in this game. I think – I was very impressed with how the defense performed against the Bills and Josh Allen. 
I think Steve Spagnolo, you know, the, the blitz, you were, you know, dying by the blitz, living by the blitz. I mean, that was definitely the case, but it, it worked enough, right? But the offense just did not score enough points. And when you really look into it, you look on those third down plays, you know, some of the failed third downs, some of those end of half, end of game possessions, it's a little eerily similar um, to what we saw in, in the second half of the Bengals, the AFC mm. championship game last year, you know, times where this three man rush is just uh, those eight guys in coverage are really just, you know, making Mahomes, you know, kind of hesitate to throw into tight windows, but also it doesn't help when, you know, those five offensive linemen that are blocking only three guys, there's still rush that gets through and still impacts him, obviously. So it was definitely a combination of, of the pass protection and, and, and just Mahomes not, you know, not dealing well with the with the uh, with the eight man coverages once yeah. again. Um, that was definitely the case, and and it's just it's something that I'm surprised we haven't seen more of this year so far. It was it kind of felt like the first time a defense has really trusted it. You know, for a lot of third downs in a game. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see more teams try to go to it now that we you know the Bills kind of uh, you know not gave the blueprint or thing. You know, obviously the Bengals did last year, but it is just you know seeing it this year without Tiger Kill too. Um, I think defenses may, uh, you know, they may want to lean on to that. So I think the Chiefs definitely need to be ready for that sooner than later to uh, to, to face that again. Pete Sweeney here with Dusty Likens talking to our lead analyst there at Pride, Ron Cop. Ron, I think when it, a team like the Chiefs, who has such high aspirations, starts losing a game here and there, you, you begin to look for patterns and, and trends. And I think the thing that sticks out in both the loss to the Bills and the loss to the Colts has been the offensive line play. And it's something that Andy Reid has called out. It's something that Patrick Mahomes has called out. Andy Reid on Monday was talking about how the run blocking can be better. Is the offensive line play the number one problem with this team right now in your eyes? It, it should be. It is. It is. I'll, I'll say it is because, you know, I do want to, I do want to give, you know, some credit to, or, you know, some talk to the wide receivers. The blame, you know, yeah, I the, blame are... the blame of it, right? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. exactly. You know, I think I think the receivers, you know, not having that top tier guy anymore, I, I do think it's messing with with Mahomes a little bit. Um, you know, and I do think there is some separation issues at time against coverage. We saw the Bills play a lot more man coverage against the Chiefs than we've than than they did last year at times. But man, you, you do look at the offensive line. I mean, especially when you think of the reputation they had going into the season, and I think it wasn't just the you know home home fans, you know, over, over expecting of their, of their guys. Right. I think national media was telling you this is one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You know, I think smart people, you know, a bunch of people were telling you that and the investment shows you too, right. They have, you know, they've signed Joe Tooney and, and obviously traded for Orlando Brown and Creed Humphrey's a high pick. This offensive line should be performing better. It should be one of the strengths of the team. And it just seems like they're not. And I, and I do think in the run game, I do think the coaching staff could help them a lot more. I've talked about this a lot, but, it just seems like the, the type of runs that they call, you know, the RPOs don't help the offensive line at all. They really don't. They don't get the fire out. They get a lot of times they're moving side to side on these outside zones and you can't create penetration as an offensive lineman doing that. You, you got to, you want to get downhill. You want to go forward, not side to side or backwards, which is what the chiefs ask of their offensive linemen do to, to, to do a lot on those outside zones and just, you know, passing a lot, obviously as that team, but pass protection though, it, it needs to be better because, Man, you're not going to be able to give your offensive tackles help every play. It's just impossible. And if, if they can't hold up against some of these top-tier edges, like you saw Vaughn Miller you know, beat Wiley and Brown one-on-one in, 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 in crucial situations, the best teams in the AFC have those guys at edge rusher, right? The teams you're going to see in the playoffs, the teams that are going to try to beat you on the way to the Super Bowl have those guys at edge rusher. So that's going to be a problem anytime in, in, in these big games. So they need to figure out, 
you know, exactly, you know, whether it's, you know, just, just, I guess it's just really just trusting them more or just, you know, having, having the run game bit play a bigger part to the pass protection doesn't seem as big of a problem because the edge protection is definitely an issue right now. And, and it's something that, again, when they play these great teams, they all have those guys right now because like, cause they all form their teams to beat the chiefs. So they know that's what they need to win with. So it's going to be a problem now. And when it matters most later too. Perfect segue. You go from defense number one, a to defense one B this week with San Francisco. What concerns you the right. most going into this matchup? I know we mentioned last segment that Bosa was limited, but kind of trending like he's going to play this week. And this defense is no slouch. This matchup is no, just get me through it. It's, it's going to be one of those type of games, right? It definitely is. No, they're banged up in the, in the, on the defense. You mentioned Bosa, but there's a bunch of other injuries too. I mean, we saw various Ward actually go down for them last week and, and he was definitely, you know, he's been their premier corner. They've really liked him. He's played well for them so mm-hmm. far. I um, he's been a part of why that defense is so good. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, this defense is just so well coached. Their defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, has been one of the best DCs. You know, he's probably going to be a head coach sooner or later. And, and they've been together, right? This group, it's, all, it's really the same group we saw in the Super Bowl a few mm-hmm. years ago. The only difference is, is, you know, now they add this guy, which, you know, he's, he, I don't even know if, 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 you know, he's a household name yet. He's, he's built his name up this year so far in that Hufanga. Um, I honestly don't even know his first name, but he's a safety. He looks like Troy Polamalu out there. He actually went to USC and gets mentored by Troy Polamalu. Um, so it's kind of funny. I mean, he plays like him. He's a playmaker like him and definitely someone, you know, Mahomes and, and the pass catchers need to be aware of. But even he's banged up. So it is, it is kind of, you know, it is a little bit of a, you know, two sides of the story. I mean, they're really good deep, but they are really banged up. You know, it is in San Francisco, so that's another part of this, you know, playing, you know, defense playing at home. So the Chiefs are going to have to step up. You know, their offense is definitely going to have to step up and, and, and play very well to, to beat them and everything. But it's definitely it, – it, they're definitely catching a little bit of a break with, with these injuries um, to, the, to the Niners' defense. But either way, they're a really well-coached unit that the Chiefs are going to have to prepare for. That voice is Ron Kopp Jr., the lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride. Pete Sweeney, got anything for Ron before we get him out of here tonight? Ron, what's going on with the film team at Arrowhead Pride this week? Yeah, no, we, we looked at, you know, the Bills game, obviously a huge game. You know, Nate Christensen, a great writer of ours, um, now that he, he is breaking down great stuff and, and, and wanted to look at how, you know, Steve Spagnolo, you know, whether it was the right thing to blitz or not, he came to the decision that I, or to the conclusion that I did too, that I think it was the right call. Uh, you know, I really do think so. And that's just how Spags is. And so it's something that with Chiefs fans complaining about that, you know, complaining about, oh, you're leaving your cornerbacks on islands. It's just, it's just part of who Spags is as a defensive coordinator. So go check that out. Broke down how the Chiefs offense has really just been you know, not looking good in the fourth quarter this year in general. I, I'll, I'll show this. I'll say this sat out real quick. They've only scored one touchdown on 10 possessions in the fourth quarter this year mm. in which they've either been ahead by one score, tied, or trailing. And that is not acceptable for this kind of offense. So that's what we're looking at at the, at the, the site this week, and, and, and we'll have more coming up as we go. Ron, have a good evening. We'll talk to you again next Wednesday and uh, enjoy the game. And again, 325 on Sunday. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. You got it. That's Ron Cobb, lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride. Your guy. 325 p.m. That's right. Not my favorite time. I enjoy noon. Most over, most terrible, worst game start of any any game you could have. 325? Hey, I hate it. Wait. I don't like 305. I don't like 325. I don't like any of those games in that window. I would. I prefer three oh five or three twenty five to. The, I prefer the, the noon on game. a Sunday. Noon on a Sunday is. is I am is, uh, chef's kiss. Yeah, I am completely 
bad on what I was when I was a kid because I was like, we never get primetime games. We're always at noon. Now I want every game at noon the entire season. You always want what you can't have. That's right. You, you get very Story s- of my life. You get very sleepy uh, after night games, I feel. Mm, I don't know if sleepy and myself are, are words that go together. but um, Okay. You're just always full of energy. Is that- come on. You ever see me drowsy? <laughs> no. We used to do shows I, at 4 a.m. and I, I was never that guy. I, I Now that I think about it, I, I've never really thought about that you in that sense before, and you're you're never really never. lacking energy. I don't no. know how you do that. It's a blessing and a curse. So are running backs on the Chiefs team. Andy Reid spoke about the running back situation. We've said go with the hot hand. He says, well, we've been doing it the whole time. We're back here on 610 Sports Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Stop that. <laughs> Sounds like mic. nails on a chalkboard. This mic is troubling me. Just had lead analyst Ron Cobb Jr. on the show. Great stuff. He, he seems like he, he always is. Check out his work on ArrowheadPride.com. Um, it always kind of seems like he's, for a website that is about the Chiefs, he's the most, like, even keel guy. Like, he's not telling you right away, like, hey, they can win this game. San Francisco's 3-3. Three and three. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Just do the math. It's like, no, if that defense is playing, man, you guys are buckle well, up. I think it. they're going to be without pieces. It's just which pieces and how many. They were too underhanded last game to beat the Falcons. The Chiefs are a better team than the Falcons. So Marcus Mariota, that's who beat them. And that, no Kyle, not Kyle Pitts. But, know, uh, don't want to bring up old memories, but it's happened here. Yeah. That's sad. And <laughs> it's sad. I, I mean, just. Uh, it is sad. What's the worst call in Chiefs history? Real quick, off the, off the rundown. Marcus Mariota, Derek Johnson, Chris Jones, Derek Carr. Hmm. Forward progress when he was launched for I, a sack. I got to think the forward progress because it came in the in the playoffs. And then he did the what? Throw to Revis off his face mask, caught it and ran it in. Yes, Revis kind of blocked it with his head, um, and it went from the island right back into Mariota's hands, Ooh. and he dove in for a touchdown. Rough times for the Chiefs. You lost to Marcus Mariota. You lost to the Steelers without giving up a touchdown, and you lost to Andrew Luck on a butt fumble. Mm-hmm. Look where they are now. Who'd have thought? Look at you and I. Who'd have thought? Not me. Never too late to Never win a mean? breakup. Man, Keep that in mind. From Syracuse to UCM. Andy Reid said this today. I don't believe him. We've got trust in all of them. And um, we they've all got kind of their plays and um, and times that we try to use them. It just depends on the game. So this game might be different than the last game. But uh we try to give them as close to equal opportunities as we can. I, I know Pacheco came up a little short this last game. He huh. Yep. You believe Andy Reid with that? Equal opportunity. So here, I'll, I'll I, read the, the nuts and bolts of the quote. We have the trust in all of them. They've yeah. all kind of got their plays. It depends on the game. We try to get them as close to equal opportunity as we can. Well, last week, Eric Bieniemy said hot hand, and then Andy Reid said equal opportunity, and kind of not the same thing. I, I, I would lean to to more go with the hot hand if you're you're choosing between equal opportunity uh, and hot and hot hand because it's not exactly the same thing. Hot hand to me is Clyde's going to get the first touch. Maybe he gets two series. If he can't get anything going, maybe they move on to Jerick McKinnon. Maybe he gets two series. If he can't get anything going. Maybe move to Pacheco and see if he can. And then if one of these guys in that order, which is what the order the, the Chiefs have been using, mm-hmm. if one of those guys takes off and is running hard, stick with him. 
I, I that's what I would do. Like I I don't know. I when you're watching Red Zone and you see Cleveland come on the screen, they have this two two headed monster of Chubb and Hunt. If one of them tears off this big run, they don't necessarily pluck them right off the field. They continue with Hunt as they go down the field or Chubb as they go down the field. If you play fantasy, I'm sure you're always watching this type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I would like to see the Chiefs actually lean into that hot hand. And I think it would allow, if a runner is running hard, it would allow the, these guys to get into a little bit of a rhythm. The, the, the Chiefs change a lot of personnel. And, and it's even with the pass catchers and the tight ends and the wide receivers. They're on and off. They're on and off. And I don't know. I, I think it's fine, right? We, we're not going to ask any questions when they're winning games. But when you lose a really big game, then you start to wonder is this the right method? I'm not going to be one to question Andy Reid. I think he knows what he's doing. But I I wonder about how these guys are able to get into what they call a rhythm when they're checking out so often and don't stay on the field. And you're not riding the hot hand. You're, you're trying to stay fresh in a way. So maybe that's the thought process. Because the way that I can look at it, and, and then we'll get into the next question, is that game against the Raiders, there's no doubt in my mind, it was Jarek McKinnon that kind of got everybody fired up. Like the two yeah, angry, you know what I mean? Like he had those two angry runs to, to quote Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football. But it seemed like that was the guy at that moment where you're just like, okay. And, and this is how I, I react to that is, hey, this is the guy that's really running well. He's running fast. This is exactly what we need right now. So then if they have certain plays for certain guys, why are we why are we running Clyde Edwards, the plays who was not getting good averages or why are we not running Pacheco plays? And then we, we fast forward the clocks to this last week and Pacheco got two carries for nine yards and averaged 4.5 a carry. And then he never saw the field again. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't understand yeah. like why you get away from that. And then you wonder to yourself, here's the bills running with Singletary the entire time. And he's setting them up for success every second down. Andy reads one of the greatest, if not the greatest, offensive play callers of all time. So when I, I was the one who asked the running back question, when I asked that question in the press conference, it's not because I'm, I'm trying to say they should be doing a certain thing. I'm just trying to understand what the thought process Mm -hmm. is. And what we got back was this answer of, well, we have certain plays designed for certain guys. And I don't know. I, I think, (laughs) I don't know if I'm like old school in this sense, but Maybe what the Chiefs need is a two-man rotation instead of a three-man and actually stick with the two-man. And then when some guy, one of the guys is performing really well, keep him on the field. Mm-hmm. Let him ride that horse, right? Like, I don't know. But one thing we do know, and, and this is pretty clear, and you're starting to see statistics pop up about X amount of rushing yards and X amount of wins for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. When they're running the football well, I guess you could say this about any team. This is obvious point, but I'm going to say it anyway. When when they're running the football well, the offense clearly ticks better even in the pass game. Oh, yeah. And the Chiefs just feel like you watch them, and it's just a whole different feel where they have control over the game, and you're not nervous as a fan that they're going to win it because they're running the ball. They're passing the ball. You can see it's clearly in control. Think about the Bucks game. Like, Yeah, the Bucks kept hanging around a little bit, but you never felt for a second that the Chiefs didn't have control of that game. You didn't feel that way against the Buffalo Bills. Even when they got a lead, you, you didn't really feel that way. And it's because they're not running the, the football well. So I don't know what the answer is. You know, I, what am I doing? I, they, they have me go there and they ask questions. So that's a question that I've, I've had. And it's something that I just wonder about. It could, is there a better way to be handling this run operation? Is there a lack of trust in these rookies all of a sudden? Because at the beginning of the year, it was, hey, Brett Veach did it again. Seven rookies. Sky Moore, Karloftis, and maybe McDuffie this week gets a little bit more... Of a, of a pass because he hasn't played, but 
I just don't see it. Like they were supposed to be, you know, key impacts in this team. And that's kind of the way training camp was leading. Mm. I haven't seen Leo Chenault much. Uh, Karloftis has kind of been brought back down to earth and sky Moore is like one or two plays a game is all we get. Well, they had to rely on rookies last game and, you know, not such a great outing for Joshua Williams left on an Island a little bit. Spagnolo clearly had a game plan of we're going to blitz Josh Allen and try to make him as uncomfortable as possible. The problem with that is you end up leaving some of these guys with no experience pretty much mm-hmm. on an Island and the bills got him twice. I, I don't know if you can kill Spagnola for that because there were other times where Allen clearly did look uncomfortable, especially in the first half. I think his first seven blitzes, Allen was 0 for 7. And so the game plan was was good. I also feel like before the game, if you could sign up for the Bills scoring 24 points, don't you do it? Right. This is the Bills. Don't you do that? So I don't know. It's hard for me to blame the defense and the, and the defensive rookies. I thought we'd see more from Sky Moore, especially as camp went on. He looked like a player that would make an immediate impact. He really hasn't been that way. I don't know if he's gotten the opportunities. Same thing you could say with and Isaiah Pacheco. And so what you're left with here is a 4-2 and two record. And just disappointing because you really wanted this game against the Buffalo Bills, and now you have to find a way to just have a better outright record, which is going to be tough to do. The Chiefs still do have the toughest schedule in the NFL. Do they need more from Carl Loftus, or is this exactly what they expected? Hard to expect that much from a rookie taken with the 30th pick. Uh, I, I think he's looked good. I, you know, he's he's up there with the team as far as defensive line in pressures. I don't know if you can reasonably expect a 10-sack season from the 30th pick. It looked like he might have an opportunity to do that earlier in the season when he was really ticking. But I think he's been good, and I think he's going to be a player that develops into a wrecker for the Chiefs. I just don't know if he's... That, that guy quite yet. And I also think like Mike Dana being back in the mix will help Frank Clark can having his flashes be maybe turn into a little bit more consistent play would help. Um, I, I, I don't think you can expect much more from Carl Loftus as far as where they selected them in the NFL draft. It's just hard to make an immediate impact at that position. We've got questions for you, Twitter, wherever you want to find them. Pete will answer them next at Arrowhead pride. If you want to ask him at PG Sween as well at dusty Likens. Uh, we'll do it all for you next here on the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show on 610 Sports Radio. Back at Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson, all here with you. Don't worry, I'm going nowhere. Pete's day is done after this. Thank He'll get goodness. to go home and have a nice little, you know, evening. Maybe have a little glass of vino. Who knows what Pete's going to do tonight? A little, little vino for the Sweeney. Mm, that should be a podcast. Yeah. Vino with Sweeno. Tonight, we're talking about Malbec. <laughs> Talk about the grapes. Or what you could do is you could Aged do like a... grapes. You could do a, a right. wine from the team they're playing. Yeah, yeah. You we know get, there's tons in California. This is a nice San Francisco red. Yeah. This is a 2019 blend. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good vineyards in northern New York. Hell yeah. Why not? Let's right. do it. Uh, I guess I got to go to Jersey's. I just realized this. I played in a golf tournament on Monday. Jersey Mike's? And Jersey Boys. I had Jersey Boys subs Monday. Love Jersey Mike's. What's? I don't know, but what? it's good. Mm. It was a good Sammy. I got to get to Jersey. Mm. I don't know. I've never had Jersey Boys. It's a very, very horny hum by you right there. <laughs> I've had Jersey Mike's. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm just... Are we, just, are we ready for some, some questions here? Napa Valley. Yeah, we get into the questions. We go to Twitter to always do these 
Uh, questions for all of you. You can chime in every single week at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. Um, this one from New Jericho Man or FF Ball Appraiser. Mm. Can we go back in time and make Tyreek Hill stay this time? <laughs> Question mark. Well, Tyreek does lead the league in receiving yards. He's on pace to break Calvin Johnson's record. I look like an ass every day now. He doesn't have the quarterback play that we promised him he would miss. His starter last week is elite. Shaq? Yeah. What is his name? Skyler. Mm, Don't disrespect Grant's guy. Yeah. Well... I think the offense would be performing better if he stayed. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't think we could pretend that the Chiefs don't don't miss him anymore. I, I think we knew that it was going to take some growing pains, though, and they need to win a little differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think there's an aspect of I don't think Tyreek only wanted to get paid. I, I think he wanted to move on and, and go live down in Miami to, to an extent. And so the Chiefs were able to make the most of it. I You know, I try to sometimes compare the – Devonte trade where Green Bay didn't get that much, and the Chiefs swung five draft picks, and they're figuring it out. But they are missing, I think, a big time playmaker beyond Kelsey, which is why Juju's little breakout there. We'll see if it was a breakout or a one game type of thing, but it'd be a good sign and, and a good thing moving forward if Juju can continue to put up those numbers. Is it weird that the two teams that went out and made adjustments in this offseason solely against the Chiefs have succeeded? Devontae Adams blew the roof off the Chiefs, and then Von Miller, two sacks against the Chiefs. Just seems like those free agents are doing some some gnarly things the against Raiders the Chiefs. shot themselves in the foot. I mean, yes. you, if that game does go to overtime, Ugh. who knows? Whenever, right. whenever games go to overtime, you never know. I don't. I don't get the going for two with four minutes left. I, I, if, you're lo- if you love analytics and, and you're Josh out there, McDaniels. I don't care. I, that's just how I feel. Analytics say not to go. For, do they say go for two there? Who knows? Probably not. Uh, this is from at Wolf Prospect, so probably someone trying to become me, which is kind of nice. Um, when is Hardman going to be ready to be, all caps, that deep threat? <laughs> We've been waiting for a long time at this Never. point. I don't know if it's in Kansas City. I think he really needs to be in a room where he's clearly one of the top two guys, and it's just never going to be the case here. And and so you're going to get these orchestrated touches that they love to give him. I, I think from time to time you'll see him downfield, and Mahomes will hit him with the strike. But a lot of times when he's running what would be considered traditional routes, you, you notice that there's a little bit of miscommunication between mm-hmm. these two guys, and it happens too often. And so I just... I don't see that happening for McColl in Kansas City, but he's young, and I don't think he's going to be here next year, so maybe it'll be somewhere else down the road with some other team. This from a good friend of mine, co-worker and new addition to Arrowhead Pride, Nick Schwart. Um, he says, why isn't Bacheco getting more snaps? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I have said I, I really feel like Pacheco's the best north and south runner on this team. You wonder how the team feels about him in pass protection. Like, if you're going to get more snaps at running back, especially when you have a team with the front that the Bills have, that the 49ers have, you got to be good at pass pro. He was all right in camp, and, and I, I think growing in that sense. I wonder, stemming from the read clip that we played before, if you start to see Pacheco being a little bit more even with his touches to mm-hmm. Clyde and, and Jarek so that maybe he can get an opportunity to, to be that hot hand we were talking about. So maybe there would come. I, I think, and I, I think when you have a rookie and the sticking point with Pacheco that they say all the time has been, we need him to really grow as far as patience goes. And I, I think as the season carries on, you'll see more and more touches from Pacheco, ideally. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people feel 
the way that Nick does, you know, the sooner the better for that. This one from Gabe Swan at Gabe Swan three. He says, when Lucas Niang comes back from injury, will he be the new starting right tackle or will it be Andrew Wiley's job? Pete Sweeney. That's a, that's a position that needs to be addressed. Yeah. I, I wonder what the chiefs do there because the offensive line, we talked about this with lead analyst, Ron, Ron cop earlier at AP is, is the offensive line seems like if you're trying to name problem number one, it, it does seem like that's what it is. And you're not going to make a change at left tackle when you have Orlando Brown Jr. on the franchise tag. And I, I think the only possible change can come at right tackle. And you think about Lucas Niang. I don't I don't know when Lucas Niang is going to be available. Like we have not seen him yet. The Chiefs said it would come at some point after the bye, both about Lucas Niang and Blake Bell, who've been on IR and PUP. And I just don't know how ready he might be this year doesn't mean there won't be a change. Like I, I think the Chiefs could get aggressive and maybe make a move for a tackle. I also think that Prince Tegawanogo is a guy that is in the mix and has been on the team for a while, and you wonder if he gets an opportunity at some point here to see if he can play a little bit better. I I think the answer's probably going to come from within, but I just don't know how comfortable we should be in, in just assuming that Niang is going to be healthy enough to, to be that guy for them this year. It might be more of one of these darts that the Chiefs are throwing for 2023 and beyond. You got time for one more? Say one more. Sure you do. Is Sweeney single from the 913? <laughs> Text line wants to know. Yeah, at the, at the moment. At okay. the moment. Um, I'm glad we got that one in for sure. And somebody says Napa Valley is where you need to go for your wine. Napa Valley is, uh, is, is good. We'll have to talk about us having a wine from the opposing team uh, on a segment. I have forward. a place we could do it. Where, where's that? Red Door Wine Store. Okay. I guarantee my buddy would let us do it. You are, you're well connected. Yep. You're well connected. Lee Summit Sportsman of the Year, you, according that, to Cody and Gold. That's you? That's what they said. Oh. I was offered to do a spot at a booth in downtown when they did their little okay. downtown days, and they, they coined it as I was the Sportsman of the Year, which is not true. I was just being friendly and helping a friend out and did some stuff. I'm, you know, I learned something new about you. I feel like every week and every week I'm a little bit more impressed with you. I'm a ball of wax, man. You're a ball of wax. I don't go away. I just, I just kind of collect. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. You, re- you really snowball. Like this is your season because now you can, you can snowball right into it. Ball of wax. Mm. Snowball. Mm. Yeah. No one likes a cold ball. <laughs> you are. That, that, that's what I would describe you as an ice cold ball. That sucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be single the rest of my life. <laughs> That's the real question. Is uh, Dusty single and how long uh, will it be until that Probably changes? at least until I've got a better job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> six to nine, Monday through Friday, right. it's selling it. Yeah, no. But no, let's uh, let's set up the week. Let's let's get back into football. Where is where does this team go from here? Because Pete, I said before we wrap this show up, you gotta get to 13 wins. You gotta be the car in the fast lane behind the car that's going 80 and you want to go 85 and you're causing the car that's in cruise control going their speed Buffalo bills to kind of look around, get nervous and get out of their comfort zone. Buffalo schedule. It is what it is. Chief schedule. It's not as hard as people may think it is. I said, there's two losses you can afford get to 13 wins. Is that a smart way to look at the rest of the season? I think, I think 13 wins is, is what you got to get to now. If you want to shout out the AFC by, mm-hmm. I, I can't see Buffalo being worse than 12 and five. No. And, and now you need a better record than that. That so. would be a catastrophic failure for Buffalo if they were twelve and five. But like Patrick Mahomes 
was smart today to to talk in which the way he did it. It's an every week thing now. It's an everyday prep thing. You blew this game. Mm-hmm. Now you just stick to it and, and try to follow your schedule, beat the teams you can, and see if Buffalo comes back to you. I, I mentioned that point about the AFC East. Uh, it is it's it's strong. It, it's it's stronger than we thought, and the AFC West is a lot weaker than we thought. We thought that would be flip flopped. I I made that point in the off season and going into the year that I wasn't sure if the Chiefs could have the same record of the, of the Bills because the AFC West was so difficult and they would have to play all those teams. The Chiefs should win all these games against the AFC West. I understand that division games can sometimes be weird, but they should beat the, these teams every game that they play them. They're just they're a better-built football team. In the AFC East, I, I think things can go a little little wacky, and mm. that could play right into the Chiefs' favor of, of getting back into this AFC by competition where, once again, they're going to need – flat out a better record than the Bills now. What's the rest of the week look like for Pete Sweeney and Arrowhead, Brad? Well, we start with Wednesday, right, in, in the injury report. Where we started to get some clues about what we might see this weekend. I think we're all eyeing some more information on what is going to happen with Willie Gay Jr. and Trent McDuffie. We'll get the coordinators tomorrow. One final talk with Andy Reid on, on Friday. We'll keep you updated at arrowheadpride.com. we got articles and podcasts and everything. If you're always looking for Chiefs, chatter there's a there's a means at at ap so we appreciate all the love and, and we'll keep you updated as far as the chiefs entering this last game before the bye week already here week seven san francisco 49ers at at that special time of 325 we've kind of flirted with how we feel about sunday how are you feeling about niners chiefs their defense if all healthy moving forward with the best offense one of the best defenses going into sunday's game on the road in the rematch of the super bowl i think it, it's hard. It would be hard for me to think that the 49ers are suddenly after missing seven starters going to be healthy in this game. And I, I think that can play into the hands of, of the chiefs. We saw them missing a lot of starters last game against the Atlanta Falcons, a team that we thought they were better than, and you can lose on any given Sunday. The Falcons came out and they won that football game. I still think they're going to be under handed to uh, a, a certain point. Now, if they have Bosa back, that really changes the game. He, to me, is the key player to watch. It sounds like he's feeling a little bit better. On the other side, they might get Trent Williams back, which will help their their case as well. Um, but, it, but again, I, I think the Chiefs are entering this game, and they need it. They need to feel good. You don't want to lose two games going into your bye week, so y- you, you just need to find a way. I mean, even if Bosa is playing, which we, we think he will be, they're just going to have to find a way because you have to enter that bye week five and two. You have to enter feeling good about yourself. And then we know about Andy Reid after the bye. So five and two could turn into six and two. And who knows? Maybe at that point, the Buffalo Bills will have lost one. And suddenly everything kind of comes back to you. So it's play your game, go to San Francisco, beat a team that you're better than, and move on and enjoy your bye. Bills on a bye week this week, Chiefs on a bye week next week. That's Pete Sweeney, Prince of Kansas City, Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride. Thanks for joining me again tonight. Uh, Pete, we'll look forward to doing it again next week and build up to the bye. Yeah, I'll see you next week. Enjoy the vino. Send me a pic of what you're choosing to time. I my my suggestion, Pinot Noir. Go to Oregon. Go to go up there. You want me to or, drive to Oregon right now? No, just get it. Oh, get it. Yeah, get it. That's where the what best did, Pinot Noirs you, are. What from. did you say? Call it the red, Pinot Noir. The, the red wine wine. Red door wine store. Sportsman of the year. Yep. Shout out Paul Westfall. Okay. Grant Nicholson, uh, you're the guy tonight. We'll get back in here in a little bit and do after hours. Pete Sweeney, thanks for the time. Arrowhead Pride Radio here on 610 Sports Radio. We're out here.